0: Hi there, it's Mark from Third Shot Sports, and welcome to another episode of Pickleball Problems. Today on the show, we take a slightly more serious turn as we talk about the coronavirus, COVID-19, the infection that is causing a lot of trouble, not just in North America, but around the world. We know a lot of pickleball players are wondering about what's safe and what's not out there, and rather than doing this armchair style, we decided we would reach out to our good friend, Dr. Ann Matlow. Dr. Matlow is professor of medicine, pediatrics, laboratory medicine, and pathobiology at the University of Toronto. She's a retired infectious disease physician who is on the Provincial Advisory Committee during the SARS outbreak from 2003. So Dr. Matlow definitely knows a thing or two about infectious diseases and what can be done uh, safely, what can't be done safely, and she's going to be joining me to talk about COVID-19, the Novo coronavirus in just a minute. Hey there, it's Mark. You probably know that we talk about a lot of different pickleball problems here on the show. But did you know that a real pickleball problem is cramping? Don't worry, Jigsaw Health can help check out the review that we post at thirdshotsports.com in the hydration and recovery section. And when you place your order, be sure to use the promo code PB3SS10 to save $10. That's promo code PB3SS10 to save $10 on your products at Jigsaw Health. Jigsaw Health. It's fun to feel good. Hi, Ann. It's Mark.
1: Mark, Harry, I saw this number and I'm saying... I
0: know. It's such an I'm unusual not number. Answer it, i I know. It. I know. And that's
1: John yelling, hi, Mark.
0: I, I know. I have
1: answered your questions, by the way. I just sent you, so that's good. At least I've... Uh,
0: oh, well, thank you. I, I appreciate was, it so much. I was much. able to
1: look it up. No problem.
0: Now, do you want to just leave it at the text that you sent me and I'll do that, or can you talk for a couple minutes and I'm we can... I'm happy
1: to talk. I'm happy to talk. I think my answer is... Uh, uh, what, what well, I'm sure they're know? great. It's just
0: it like it has so much more. It has a lot of impact when people get to hear the voice of the person okay. talking, you know. Okay. So if you can spare a couple of minutes, I really appreciate sure. it. If
1: you ask me the same questions, then I'll just read them.
0: <laughs> yes, or that sounds like good. That, with, with a little and, bit
1: more
0: uh, oomph. More yeah, but I, I don't
1: know if you're going to like my message. I don't think people should be playing pickleball these days
0: well that's what I want to talk to you about so yeah. um i've already done the introduction to sort of who, in, to who you are and what your background is and all that stuff and okay. and why you're an expert in this and um and just so you know we're like we're recording now so we'll use that okay. but um i really appreciate it. i know it's like it's almost 9:30 at night and uh on a sunday night or a monday night and i really appreciate you taking the time okay. so no i'll get i'll get right to it um what is this coronavirus and Like, why is it that this is something we should be concerned about compared to other kinds of viruses and diseases that people can get from one another?
1: Right. So that's a very good question, and the the way to start with it it is that is that it is a completely new virus. So when you think of things that we've seen over the past couple of decades, you can think of SARS that happened in 2003, we had the H1N1 um, uh, influenza virus, we've had the MERS virus from the uh, uh, the Middle Eastern respiratory virus, and every time these things surface, uh, humans have no immunity to them. It's a completely new virus. Uh, what makes this one worse than the in- influenza, which sure you're going to ask about, because that's what uh, a lot of people are concerned with, is that this is more contagious than influenza, and it's contagious uh, even before the patient develops symptoms. Um, a- if you just look at the infectivity rate, it said that an, individ- an individual who has influenza, and I- I'm talking about real influenza, the respiratory viral infection, as opposed to when people say, I've got the flu, and it just means they have a little bit of GI upset but somebody who has influenza may infect 1.3 others, whereas a patient with this novel coronavirus can infect two to three others. So you're already... And that's,
0: that's out of 100?
1: No, it's just... Uh, it's not, so I'm not talking percentages. I'm talking about, let's say, you're in uh, a group of 10 people mm-hmm. and you have influenza. The likelihood is that you'll infect oh. one of them if you have COVID, you will infect two or three to them, of them.
0: Oh, so I, I am a way more contagious person
1: exactly
0: now than if I just have a,
1: Influenza. Th- You're influenza. two to three times more infectious. So then think of those two to three people going home and infecting their two to three out of, uh, their, and right. I, I said out of 10. So again, it's not a percent. It's just,
0: right. Um, And so this is what makes it sort of exponentially more dangerous, is that it is so contagious.
1: Exactly. And then there's no treatment for it at this point. Um, And, uh, yeah, those are uh, probably the main starting points.
0: Right. And so when we see, you know, we see things like sometimes, I just saw this morning someone posted that something like, oh, well, 97% of the people that get it recover from it. It's not a big deal. And is that, is that a stat that should be reassuring to people? So, that-
1: so that, that's, There's a whole psychology on how you present that kind of data. So if I tell you 97% of people survive, that's great. But what if I told you that pre- 3% of people die? right? It's exactly the same number, it's exactly the same data set, but it's a different way of looking at it. So, how do you feel about being in the three out of a hundred people who won't make it? The majority mm-hmm. do make it. But let's just, apart from that psychological twist, psychological twist on framing data. Right. Well, yeah, and he I, doesn't know what he mean <laughs> But, uh, the other thing I would say, 5%, they say, get serious infection and another 5% end up in ICU. So it's not just about the mortality rate. Right. And about,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's about quality of life and what happens when people get sick. And I guess when you think about it, you know, on like a big scale, right, whether we're talking about here in Canada, where you and I are, or we're talking about the United States when we're talking about, like, those numbers are huge.
1: Right. Absolutely. And if you if you read in the newspaper, let's say that one person died. Another way of looking at it, let's say wherever uh, you could say, oh, that means that there's a hundred people infected out there. And remember, we kn- they may not have been you may not know about that a hundred people because and I'm I'm coming up with a hundred because a one to three percent mortality rate. We're getting back to your ninety-seven percent. Mm-hmm. But either people aren't getting tested or they're what they call pre-symptomatic before they get the symptoms or they have such a mild infection that they think they've got a cold. So, um, again, I already said there, there should be 5% of, of patients who are sick or, and or in ICU, so you should have some sicker people also. But it just gives you an idea that there's a whole lot of background noise out there that we just don't even know about. We're We're mm-hmm. hearing about the tip of
0: the iceberg. Right. Speaking of things that we're hearing about, we often hear that um, the people that are most at risk uh, tend to be in an older population, right? And so you hear about whether it's in different countries in Europe, where they're sort of saying, okay, if you're 70 plus, you have to stay home now. Um, Even in Quebec, they're starting to do that. And so is this like an older person disease? Is this something that people, you know, like, like myself, who's under 40, is this something that we don't really have to worry about, or those of us who have children, because this is really something that, like, it's the older generation that needs to concern themselves with.
1: Right. So I think the the older people are being uh, hit uh, harder. Uh, Again, usually older people have um, underlying, secondary underlying diseases, right? They could have heart disease, which makes them more vulnerable. Oftentimes they're smokers, so their lungs aren't in the best of shape. But there is data out of China that suggests that people under 40 are uh, susceptible as well and got serious disease as well. So we don't have the complete breakdown from around the world, but I think people tend to think in general it's an older... uh, it, It mainly targets older people, especially if you have underlying disease or are immunocompromised, but it sure doesn't completely gloss over the entire population.
0: Right. And so I know, you know, in, a, in my own family, we have obviously older generations of people, but we also have some immunocompromised people as well. So as like as the, the under 40 crowd, I see some friends out there like, hey, we're gonna go out and we're gonna go out for drinks, we're gonna go out to the restaurant. Um, is there some risk then that we by, even if we ourselves don't show these symptoms, um that we then bring them back and put our friends and family at risk?
1: Absolutely. I hate to say I think the answer is for now, like what they're doing in some of the what they've done in Italy and what they're starting to do in some of the states in the United States close down. I mean, in our own household, we are becoming a little bit of hermits. we're We're staying home. Um, so to one could say that to go to bars and restaurants right now is almost irresponsible hmm.
0: okay. so that's, yeah, we we ourselves are we're now in a fourteen day self-isolation after coming yeah. back from the United States. and yeah, right, I mean, right. yeah, in in some ways, it's sort of this combination of being scary and and mm-hmm. um and hard, frankly, but also, you know, in a way it's like, well, you're spending time with your children, right? That people often say that they don't have enough time for. Um, I'd like to ask you a little bit, um, a couple questions specific to pickleball because, you know, I do see people within the pickleball world, um, responding in different ways. And I know you're familiar with pickleball and given the nature of pickleball and how it's played, you know, it's a shared plastic ball and you're in a, you know, a space that's 44 feet long and 20 feet wide. Um, you know, one of the things that we're seeing is that there's people who are out there who are playing pickleball, um, you know, and they're saying that, look, I'm in an outdoor space or I'm washing my hands before I play. I'm washing my hands after I play. Does this, does this make it safe? Is this something that people can sort of confidently go out and do without, uh, bringing risk onto themselves or other people?
1: It's a great question. And, you know, if you could, some people playing pickleball and you know watch it with a microscope see how many times someone either blows their nose or touches their face before touching the pickleball see the person that's catching it let's say even if it was clean when it went over then the person that (laughs) (laughs) you hear that in the background
0: there's john yeah he's excited did
1: you say it's all over the ball oh excuse me (laughs) A, it's a dirty ball yeah. between what you carry on your hands, what you wipe from your nose to your hands, and either you, if you're infected, run the risk of contaminating it so that somebody else picks it up at the other end, but if the other end person you know, flips it back to you and you just sort of touch it and then wipe your nose or go for your, your drink, or, you know, you share your water bottle. Or, I mean, I can't even imagine all the opportunities there are for transmission. And to be honest right now, why take a chance?
0: I... Yeah. Well, I know I remember a few years ago, um, one of your husband, John, uh, one of his students is a friend of mine, Dr. Brian Wells, and we were out and I introduced him to Pickleball and he asked me, he said, why do people... Tap paddles at the end of the game. Why don't they shake hands? And we asked them, and they said, "Oh, it was because of SARS. It was because of SARS. They didn't want to like, you know, you know, contaminate each other and like give the germs." And then Brian, Doctor Brian says, "Do they realize they've all been using the same ball for the last seventy-five minutes?"
1: There you go.
0: Yeah. 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 So is that um? You know, I'm I'm you've been very generous with your time. Um. So on a parting note, like, is this it? Is this sort of it? It doesn't matter if you're playing outside. I had some people today who said, look, I just play with the same four people all the time. It's always on the same court. Does that make it safer? Or, you know, is kind of the advice here to say, um, like, just cut it out, take a break, stop playing, go do other things?
1: Well, the issue is that all those four people go home, right? And we don't know what they're practicing in their own home turf but somebody in their home or in their environment at home may come down with it and then they're coming back. It, you know, it depends on the risk threshold you're willing to assume in terms of how many people you want to be exposed to, but I will still, what what we are practicing here is limit, just totally limit the number of exposures and then you're not getting it from anybody and you're not passing it on to anybody. Yep. That so not, not, yeah, that sounds good yeah sounds like story good advice. Sen- a downer. Like- no
0: i know it sounds like a lot of pickleball players are going to have to enjoy their pickleball content online or something else but um uh dr ann Matlow, i really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about it and uh i hope to talk to you soon
1: okay my pleasure See all right take nice care talk- bye
0: Alright, that's it for this episode of pickleball problems i'd like to thank dr matlow for spending time with me and i'd like to thank you for listening whether you're a pickleball player fan or instructor this is a tough time for many of us in the pickleball world my hope is that you listen to dr matlow's advice and take a break from the courts until it's safe in the meantime we've got lots of great free videos you can watch on our youtube and facebook pages so please check them out and until next time thanks for listening
1: In the beginning, we gave you unlimited power and asked just one thing in return. Just one thing. Just keep it in. What were we thinking? Mistakes were made, lives were lost. But this time, just relax. We've got you covered. Selkirk. Power. Control. No compromise.